Hey, good morning and welcome to Stone Point. Uh, we are in a series called Small Town and last week Brandon started the series just talking about a small town and how Jesus was from a small town called Nazareth. And he also made a point to say that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And God is uh, really at work in small towns. He's working in big towns. And uh, today we're going to take a look at a topic. When you talk about small town, uh, one word usually comes to mind, and that's gossip. So we're going to take a look at gossip and just see what the Bible says about gossip. Because uh, your definition of gossip might be different from my definition of gossip. Uh, our standard of what is gossip and what's not may be different. Uh, but the thing is, is we can't take our standards off of uh, j- just for gossip. We can't take our standards for anything. In fact, we have to have a kind of a standard set apart from us because we're created beings. We can't define uh, what standards are. And so take, take murder, for example. Like uh, I'm assuming everybody in here agrees that no one should murder anyone. Now, even as, as bad as you may want to strangle your kids sometimes... Murder is not a good thing, and we can't, uh, we can't define that. If you come up to me and say, hey, I think it's okay to murder, I'm going to have to say, no, it's not, and because it's not my definition, but God's. And so if we take a look at the Creator and, and see what He says about gossip and start there, I think that's a good place to start. And then we're going to talk about just why we gossip, uh, some reasons why uh, people may talk about other people, and then we'll end it with just some practical questions that may help us uh, as we're talking, as we're considering talking about something or giving advice that uh, we can walk through just ourselves and see if it's gossip or not. And so I pray God teaches you something today at small town. Really, gossip happens everywhere, whether it's a small town or a big town. I was talking to somebody on Wednesday night just about gossip in small town. And I was like, hey, do you think gossip happens here? And she was like, yes, it happens in all small towns. And really it's anywhere on this earth because gossip, we'll learn, is a sin. And our natural thing to do is sin. So let's pray and then we'll start in uh, Romans. Father, I thank you for today. God, I pray that you teach us something today about gossip, that uh, we are to encourage, build up, and edify one another. And I pray that you help teach us why we gossip. Help us to search our hearts on, on the reasons why we feel like it's okay to talk about people. God, I pray that you help us to stand unified together when it comes to gossip in the small town. God, I thank you for today, and I pray that you uh, just join us here. Place your spirit upon us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So gossip is a big thing. Like, you may not think it is, I may think it is, or we may think it's okay to say some things about gossip, but really if we go to Romans, where Paul is uh, just writing a letter to uh, the church in Rome, and he is taking a look here, and he's discussing some things that's happening in the church. And part of it is that people are coming in and being taught God, and they're refusing to believe in him. Or they have people of the culture that have been taught or overheard this idea of who God is, and they're refusing to believe in him. And so it is pretty much the culture that we live in. And so in Romans chapter 1, he starts off and he says, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God. So what it is here is the idea that they have been taught about God, that he's created the universe, that he's created every person in this world. 
and that there's something that separates us from him. And they choose to either acknowledge him, they believe that there is a God, but they choose not to follow him, or they choose to believe that there is no God, they're not acknowledging him. And so there's two types of people in in the church here in Rome, and there's also two types of people in this room. Those that have chosen to follow God, to He's, they've felt the call of the Spirit on them, and, and you've chosen to say, yes, I believe in Jesus, and I want to uh, really work on what it looks like to be made in his image. Or there's the other type of person who you're not sure about God. You don't really acknowledge if, he, if God's real, or you believe that there's a God. You just don't think he has anything to do in our lives. And so um, I don't know which camp you're in, uh, but it's one of the two. And so this is a camp that they've chosen not to acknowledge God. So God gave them up to their debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Like, what this translates to is that they do what's right in their own eyes. All throughout the Old Testament, the nation of Israel continues to do what's right in their own eyes instead of what's right in God's eyes. And so what he's doing is, hey, if you choose not to follow me, then you're just going to naturally do whatever is right in your own eyes. You're going to sin. You're going to uh, try to please your own desires. You're going to say what you think is, is, is your opinion. And so he says, okay, I'm going to give you over your, to, to your debased mind. Now, when we think of a debased mind, we don't think of ourselves, right? We think of those people that have completely gone off the deep end and are just really evil. Like you watch a TV show or the news, and, and it's that moment that you think, how in the world did they get here? How in the world would they think that is okay to do? How in the world is that person a person? Like that's what we think about as a debased mind. We, we think that it's somebody that's gone so far that they're just completely evil. And so Paul's going to list some things that fall into this category of debased minds. And usually when we think, oh, somebody has a debased mind, it's something that we don't struggle with, right? Like, it's somebody that's, you know, I might lie a little bit, but, you know, at least I'm not killing somebody. Or I may uh, disobey my parents sometimes, but at least I'm not killing somebody. And we never think that we have the debased mind. So he continues on here and says, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness. Now we can agree with that. We're like, yes, I consider that a debased mind. Evil, covetedness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips. And in the middle of this list that we may agree with, like, yes, I, I agree that someone with debased mind is all manner of unrighteousness, or they're evil, they're they're malicious, they're, mur- they're, they're a murderer. And then he drops in gossips. And if we took everything else out, I want you to see what God thinks of gossip here. If we took everything else out, we could say that, hey, they've chosen not to acknowledge God, that he's given them over to the debased mind, and they are gossips. Like that's how serious gossip is to God. That's his standard. It is a sin It is something that separates us from a holy God. And so whether you've murdered somebody, you've uh, committed all, like these uh, acts of unrighteousness, you're just as equal to the person that gossips. He continues on and he says, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, 
inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. You're welcome, parents. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. All of these things so negative, and he drops in gossips. So I want you to see that our standard for gossip should be that it is a sin that separates us from a holy God. That if you've chosen to acknowledge God, then you need to work on how we talk about other people. He continues on, he says, Though they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. So this is what they've been taught. That, hey, God is the creator. And that he created you for a purpose. And that you have been separated from him. And one of the reasons why you've been separated from him is because of gossip. And if you gossip, you are, you deserve to die. You deserve an internal punishment of being separated from God for eternity. Like that's how important and how evil gossip is to God. And so he, he just is putting it here to say they've been taught that those that practice these things deserve to die. We see it at the very beginning with Adam and Eve, that death comes because of their sin. Death enters the picture. And so we are eternally separated from God because of gossip. He says, not only do they do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Isn't that what gossip is? Like you get into a huddle and you're bringing some information to some, about someone that's not there. And you're gossiping and you're giving permission. You're approving other people to use that. So not only are you sinning, but you're approving those, like you're giving other people's reason to sin. And not only that, but if somebody comes with gossip and you're not stopping it, you're saying, I approve of you doing this. So this is what, this defines gossip. And it is important to God. So if it's so important to God that, it, that he does not like it, why? Why does he not like it? Well, I was listening to a message by Craig Rochelle over gossip. Uh, Craig Rochelle, he, he pastors Life Church. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to listen to any of his teaching, but he did a series about two years ago, I think, over necessary sins. And in our, he's, he just explains it as in our culture, we believe that there are sins that are necessary to function in life. The very first one was lying, and that sometimes we think that lying is okay, little white lies to, to, be in, to, to be functioning in our culture. And then the second one is gossip. And he, he talks about, he tells about this story where he goes to the grocery store and he's standing in line as he's putting his groceries on the checkout, in the checkout counter and the person that's uh, ringing up his groceries starts talking to the one that's bagging his groceries. And, he's, and they start talking about him, the pastor of Life Church. And so he's like just listening to them talk here and, and eventually he starts like egging them on. Like he's like, okay, let's continue this on. Hey, tell me more type thing. And it goes on and they t just this huge elaborate story that he doesn't even come into campus anymore, that he holograms himself in and that's how he does his message. And pretty soon he's like, okay, I got to stop you guys. I apologize, but none of this stuff that you're saying is true. He says, none of the stuff that you're saying is true. In fact, I'm the pastor of Life Church, and and... And I can tell you, none of, it's, none of it's true. And he tells this story because he says, well, I can relate 
to God a little bit because if you're talking about me, I can give you truth. I can tell you what's right and what's wrong. And so if you gossip about me, I may not like it, but hey, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll tell you about what's right and wrong. But if you gossip about one of my kids, that's when you and I are going to have trouble. That's when you and I are going to not see eye to eye. In fact, we'll probably get into a heated argument because you're telling something about my kid that's not true. He says, I believe that's why God hates gossip so much. is because he tells us what truth is. But when we start talking about someone else, his creation, he gets upset. He gets mad. And not only that, if we're talking about a creation, one of his creations, we don't know if they're a child of God or not. So we may be talking about his children, one that's chosen to follow him. And so he just lays it out, and I think that's a great way to look at gossip, because if you do talk about one of my kids, yeah, it's not going to be good. I, I will not appreciate you talking about my kids in any shape, form, or fashion that's, that's in a negative way. So if God hates gossip that much, if God says, hey, it's a sin that separates you from me, then why do we gossip? Like, why do we think it's okay to talk about other people? Well, in Proverbs, they, uh, there's four verses that talk about gossipers. And so we're going to look at each verse, and we're kind of going to get down to the heart of the matter, the reason behind the gossip. And he says in Proverbs eleven thirteen, he says, Hey, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. One who gossips, one who uh, is a gossiper reveals secrets. Some of your translation may say gossips. But he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. So it's this idea that you've had uh, information given to you. Now, it could, be a good, it could be good information or it can be bad information. The example of a bad information would be, hey, I was given information that so-and-so lost their job because they were stealing from the company. And you may not, if you didn't hear it from them, then don't pass that on. It's a negative thing to pass on. A good way, something to have good news to share would be like, hey, I heard that so-and-so's child got into Harvard. Now, it may be true, but I can guarantee you the person that wants to share that story is either the child or the parent of the child. And it's not your place to be sharing that story. And so the idea is that you've been given information that you are wanting to share with somebody. And you become untrustworthy. And the reason why this person has been given information to share is because we want to be, we want to have the notoriety. So the very first reason why we share information is because we want the notoriety. Like, we want to be the center of attention. We want to be the one in the crowd that everybody's looking at, listening to. We want to bring the good news. We want to bring the juicy story. We want to puff ourselves up. We want to make a name for ourselves. And so this is the idea of one of the reasons why we want to share is because it's all about us. We want to be the center of attention. So what should we do if we're a follower of Jesus? Well, Paul is writing to uh, the church in Corinth, and they're having a little argument here. They're, they're, the Jews are arguing, should we eat unclean animals, unclean meat, with the Gentiles? Should we associate with the Gentiles? Both are believers, but the Gentiles haven't grown up on the Jewish dietary laws, and, and they're struggling with whether or not they should eat 
this meat or eat in the presence of the Gentiles. And so Paul's trying to discuss this and he gets to chapter 10 and he says this in 31. He says, so whether you eat or drink, and he's about to say something and it's like he says, okay, now let's scratch that. Let's scratch the eat or drink. Let's not even worry about that. In fact, in whatever you do, whatever you do. So whether it's eating or drinking or whether it's uh, treating somebody with kindness, whether it's talking about somebody, whether it's bringing gossip, whether it's um, loving your spouse in whatever you do. So we're going to narrow it down to gossip here. And whatever we do, however our speech comes across, do all to the glory of God. Like the very first person that should receive glory from any of our conversations should be God. The moment that we put ourselves up on a pedestal and we want the notoriety because of the good news or we want to share something is the moment that we start placing ourselves in front of God because we've become selfish. We want the attention on us. And he says, no, look, in whatever we do, we need to make sure that God gets the attention, that God gets the glory. And he continues on, he says, give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. And and honestly, gossip offends people. It offends the people that you're talking to, and it offends the person that you're talking about. And if we're not careful, we're not only bringing glory to ourselves, but we're offending people. He continues on, he says, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage but that of many that they may be saved. He says, in whatever we do, don't seek your own advantage. Like, don't give glory to God first, don't offend people, and don't try to be the life of the party. Don't seek your own advantage in anything that we do, including gossip. In fact, look out for other purpose and other people's interest. Make sure that you're looking for somebody else's advantage. And gossip doesn't do that. And why? Like, it could tear down your witness. Realize what he's saying. He's like, okay, give glory to God. Don't offend anyone. Make sure you're becoming humble and and looking out for other people's interest. Because if you don't, it's going to, to tear down your witness as a follower of Jesus. You can't be the hands and feet of Jesus if you're gossiping about someone. That's what it's boiling down to here. He says, okay, so if, you're, if you want the notoriety, then we need to check your heart. And we've got to realize that God gets the glory in all things, not us, so that other people can come to know him. Second verse in Proverbs says, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. This is the idea that, the, that a person is bringing in, uh, that's gossiping, maliciously. They're bringing in strife. They're they're separating. They want to cause tension in relationships, maybe between them and someone else, or maybe between two people. And it's like they're stirring up the pot. They're discouraging. They're bringing discouraging words. They're, They're trying to tear another person down. So the second reason we gossip is out of just malicious intent. Like we are bringing, some people don't want to build themselves up. They don't want to get notoriety, but they definitely don't want to have an an equal playing field. They're trying to push other people down. They're trying to walk on people. And he says, uh, Paul again is writing 
to the church in Thessalonica here, and he's talking about what they're doing correctly. And if we're not supposed to be bringing discouraging words or, or tearing people down, then maybe we should be doing something different. And he starts off here in Thessalonica, or in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. And he says, For God has not designed us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he continues on this discussion of salvation. He says, okay, if you've acknowledged God, and you realize that there's something that separates you from a holy God, then what is we need to seek forgiveness and we need to obtain salvation through Jesus. And if you've chosen to follow Jesus, then no longer do you get the wrath of God. No longer do you get the penalty of death, separation from God for eternity. But you obtain the salvation from Jesus. And he says, who died? How do we obtain the salvation? By believing in Jesus and what he did on the cross. Who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. What does that mean? Does it mean uh, during the day and night we live for Jesus? No. It's talking about when we're alive or when we're dead. He also says it this way, hey, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So as I'm here on earth, I am living and giving glory to Jesus, to God. And as I'm awake, I'm living with Jesus because he's placed his spirit in me. And as I'm doing this, when I pass away, I gain life with Jesus. And then he says, if you are a follower, basically, if you are a follower and you believe that whether you're walking this earth or in eternity, you're going to be with Jesus, he says, therefore, so if this, therefore, encourage one another, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Gossip in a malicious way discourages each other and they tear people down. It tears people down. The church should not be a part of that. We should be encouraging one another, building each other up. So I don't know who you have in your life that encourages you or if you encourage others. Like the things that should mark us as followers of Jesus is that we love and encourage people that we build one another up. And so our natural response is discourage people, right? It's to find their flaws, point them out, and make sure that they realize they're imperfect. That's our natural response, to look at things negatively. But God says, no, look, I want you to encourage one another. I want you to build each other up. And so as you're like looking, like if you're one that brings gossip because of malicious content, intent, it's... We need to really check our heart and say, hey, who have I encouraged this past week? Or who's encouraged me? Because that's the mark of a follower of Jesus. The second, the third, sorry, third uh, example in Proverbs is whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler, Right? You ever have that person that just comes and inserts themselves into all conversations and just babbles? Like you're like, where are you going with this? And they just eventually tied around to gossip somehow. And they're revi- it's just a simple babbler. And they're jumping from conversation, uh, huddle to huddle, trying to insert themselves in, and nothing is ever about them. It's always about someone else. Well, the reason why people do it this way 
is because there's an insecurity about us. We have an insecurity. So the third reason we gossip is because we're insecure about ourselves. We want something to be said, but we don't want it focused on us. And so if you're... if if you just gossip because you're insecure about yourself, welcome to humanity. But the problem is, is you are looking for security in the wrong places at that point. Like if you're allowing people to tell you who you are in this life, you will live a life of insecurity. If you're allowing yourself to tell you who you are in this life, you're going to live a life of insecurity. If you find your identity in, in things of this world, you're going to live a life of insecurity. And then it's, you're just going to become a simple babbler, a gossiper. Because the one thing that we should find our security in is Jesus and Jesus alone. And Paul puts it so good. He writes to the church in Galatia. And in Galatians 2.20, he says this. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. So I, I have acknowledged that God's the creator. I realize that there was something separating me from him that I've chosen to follow him because of what he did on the cross. So I no longer am, des- in, am destined to an to a eternity separated from God, but I have heaven waiting for me. And because of that, I am crucified with Christ. My old self isn't who I am. In fact, I don't identify as my old self. I have been crucified. It has been buried. It is dead. I have been crucified with Christ. He says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He finds his security and identity in Christ alone. He says, I, it's not me who walks this earth anymore. In fact, God's spirit has been placed in me, and I now live a life And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. His identity is in Christ and Christ alone. Why? Why? How can he be so secure in that? Because he loved me and gave himself for me. Like, do you see the personal implication here? Like, he's experienced God's love and and sacrifice for him. And so today, I want you to realize that Jesus gave himself up for you. Jesus loves you. You don't need anybody else to tell you who you are. You don't need to try to find who you are based off of your experiences. You need to allow the creator to come into your life and tell you why, who you are, because you're his creation. You're his child. Find security in Christ and you won't have to be a simpler babbler because you'll go about giving glory to God in the the way that he has transformed you. You won't talk about people because it's his creation. It's his children that you're talking about. The fourth example it's found in Proverbs 26, 17. It says, whoever meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. Like one who inserts himself into the conversation to bring negative, to bring chaos. 
Like, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a kid try to grab a dog, whether by the ear's tail, try to hug it, try to grab its leg, hold its mouth shut. I, I don't know. But it, it brings chaos. Like the dog starts barking, it starts running around, it starts biting, it's, it can cause injuries. The kid's now yelling. It is chaotic when a child tries to grab a, a wild dog. And that's the picture here, that somebody that inserts themselves into a conversation to bring about, uh, just to meddle, brings chaos. And this is, this is what I would call a busybody. This is what I call a busybody, one that meddles in conversations and causes chaos. It's the idea that, that, that you go from this conversation to this conversation to this conversation to this conversation, and you're talking about this person here and this person over here and this person here, and pretty soon you've just jumbled up all your gossip, and it's just chaotic. It's a busybody. Paul writes to the church in Colossae. And one of the reasons why a busybody jumps from conversation to conversation to meddle in it, to stir up the pot, is because you lack purpose. You lack a plan. You look at it like um, at work, right? You've got the, the coworker that has 12 different projects going on at one time. And so he kind of thinks about this project over here and then this project over here and this project over here and this project over here. And the problem is none of them ever get done or he gets confused. Was I working on this project or this project? I was supposed to do this here. Oh, wait, no, I'm supposed to do that over here. And now all of a sudden there's just chaos and all of these, these work projects going on because they have no plan. They have no purpose. They don't do step one. They don't work on this project and get it done. They they don't work on this project and get it done. They don't work on this project and get, on, get it done. And it's the idea of the busybody. Like you have no purpose or plan. And so if I have no purpose or plan, then I just want to meddle in other people's uh, lives and cause chaos and disunity. And so Paul is writing to the church in Colossae and he says, hey, whatever you do, again, talking about what we do in word or deed, like in our speech, when we're talking to other people, when we're bringing in ourselves into other conversation, in our actions, whatever we do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Have a purpose for it. And the purpose isn't to meddle. It's to do everything I say in the name of Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our purpose in advising and talking with people is to do so because God has invited us into his story. He has created you for a reason, for a purpose. He has a plan for you. That's why we talk about once you become a follower of Jesus, you're now a member in one body. That's why we talk about eyes. Some people are eyes, some people are ears, some people are hands, some people are feet, because God has a purpose specifically for you. He's God, he does it, and I don't know how he does it or understand it or really can explain it to you, but hey, you have a purpose. You have a reason for being here on earth. And those that walk this earth without purpose bring chaos and disunity. 
Paul says, no, you've got a purpose. And so whatever you do, do it in the name of Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. So these are reasons why we gossip. All are selfish reasons. All, all are sin. But what can we do? What can we practice? How can we, if, if we truly realize the, the importance or the, um, to God about how gossip is just complete sin and truly evil, and we, we can wrestle with in our heart why we gossip, then, then I think we need some practical questions to kind of help us work through Hey, am I about to step into an environment of gossip or not? And so uh, we're, I was just going through some uh, different articles on the internet with uh, some of my coworkers here, and one of them brought this one to my attention. I thought, man, these are all really good questions. And I thought, let's just go through these questions, and hopefully you can take one or two or all ten and just uh, spend some time learning how to realize if we're in the middle of gossip or not. The number one question is, hey, is this any of my business? Right? Is this any of my business? Like if you ever uh, had that, you were in like this deep conversation or an important conversation with somebody and you had somebody walk up trying to just, oh, come and see how you guys are doing. They're not intending to gossip. But they come up and they realize that it's important. Deci- it's an important discussion. So they're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to turn around and walk the other way. I'll come back when y'all aren't in this discussion." That's how we should approach gossip when we realize, "Hey, this isn't any of my business." Like you walk up, is it, this any of my business to be talking about this stuff? No. Okay. Yeah. Talk about it later, guys. I'll, I'll come back and we can discuss the weather or something. So, is this any of my business? Two, has God given me this assignment? Like God tells us to go and encourage, to admonish, to to, uh, build up one another. And if you've heard that somebody is doing something incorrectly, the best thing to do is to go to that person and to talk to them, to encourage them. Hey, I've heard this about you. Is it true? But, Before you do that, you need to know if God wants you to have that conversation. Like, is this somebody that's important to you in your life? Or is this somebody that's just an acquaintance? Is this somebody that will actually listen to you? Like, this is, has God given you this assignment? Has God laid it on your heart to go and talk to this person? And if not, maybe we shouldn't talk about it or to them or about them, right? Three, am I qualified to involve myself with this? Like I, I always come back when I hear this question to the comedian Kevin James. He's got this stand up to where he, he goes, have you ever got weight loss advice from someone bigger than you? You're like, I wouldn't listen to that person, right? It's like when you get the advice as, as a married couple from your single friend, you're really going to listen to them? Or how about parenting advice from a couple that have never had kids? You're like, step in my shoes, and then you can give some advice. Have your kids first, and then come talk to me. Hey, why don't you get married, and then come talk to me, right? This is the same question. Am I qualified 
to involve myself in this conversation because if I'm not, it's simple gossip at that point. Four, and this is the question that, that really hit me, that I, I sometimes struggle with. Is my true motivation to bring help or do I only want to feel needed? Uh, we at the church counsel a lot of people. And by counseling, I just mean listen and try to give advice. We are not um, professional counselors at all. Uh, but biblically, we try to bring people back to the Bible and lay out uh, what God says about things. And so my wife and I have talked about this before. Uh, am I just needing to feel like I'm, I'm needed or do I want to truly help a person? Because this is where the notoriety side of gossip comes in. Do I want to encourage? Do I want to love on? Do I want to help the person? Or am I just wanting to feel needed? Because one is a completely selfish reason and the other is not. And so I wrestle with that. I wrestle with, do I step into this counseling session, this, is, this part where I'm giving advice to where I'm discussing things with someone, am I feeling needed or am I wanting to provide help? Five, how much of my discussion about the situation could be classified as gossip? So I was reading an article and they, one person defined gossip this way, an evaluative discussion. Okay, so you're evaluating something. You're eva an evaluative discussion on a subject or a person that isn't present. And so if you are talking about somebody, good or bad, without them present, it's gossip. That's pretty much the standard we probably need to hold on to. So Look through it. Hey, is this person present? No? Okay, it's probably gossip. Let's not talk about it. Six, what was the result the last time I intruded in a situation that was not my problem? Right? Like, did I bring discouragement to somebody? Was it negative? Was it advice that was not good? Did I cause division among friends? Did I cause division among a relationship? What about my relationship with that other person? Is it divided now? Was I puffing myself up? Did I bring uh, something negative into somebody's life? Like, what was the outcome? Because if, if, if the outcome was, was discouragement and negativity and putting other people down, then it's gossip. And you probably need to learn how to talk with people before you start giving advice again. So what was the outcome? Seven, has my opinion been sought by those involved? Like that's key. Like did somebody come to you to seek advice or are you giving advice freely when nobody really wants it? It's gossip. Eight, am I motivated by love for this person or by a sense of my own importance? This comes back to the, do I feel needed? Do I want to feel needed or do I want to help? The thing that should motivate us in any discussion with anyone is love for the other person. Paul says, look for the advantage of the other person. Look out for the interest of others. Our love should, should drive that. Not trying to make myself look good or say, hey, I've got some advice you need to hear. 
because I'm the one with all the advice. Nine, am I basing my help on Scripture or on my own opinion? That will help you know if it's gossip or not. Hey, you need to do this. Well, was that scripturally based or was it just what I think? And if it's what I think, then it could have been more selfish and it's gossip. Let's go back to Scripture and see what Scripture says about the advice I want to give. And 10, do I respond with anger when my advice is not accepted or found to be flawed? Like, I can understand the first one. I don't really respond with anger if you don't accept my advice or if you don't do what I ask you to do. Hey, it's on you. I'll give you what I've experienced, and if you want to not do what I've advised to you, then, hey, the consequence of whatever your decision is on you. I don't get angry with that. But if you tell me that my advice is flawed, I'll probably get a little upset. And so that's a little different, right? Like my kids, if they say, well, Dad, I, I don't think the sky's blue, I'm going to be like, oh, that's not true, right? I might get a little upset or frustrated. And so look at these things. Ask these questions when you enter into a conversation with somebody because we don't need to gossip. God holds gossip highly when it comes to sin. So let's make sure that we're doing it, doing everything that we do out of love for the other person. And if you do struggle with it, with the notoriety, with if you struggle with notoriety and that's why you gossip, just know God deserves the glory in everything. We don't deserve the glory in it. If you struggle with malicious intent, just encourage one another. Learn how to encourage, learn how to be encouragers and build each other up. If you struggle with just insecurity in yourself, know that you've been, that God loves you. He gave himself up for you. And find your security in Jesus. Or if you bring chaos, if you're a busybody and you just don't feel like you have a purpose, know that God created you for a reason, to be used by him. And I pray that God teaches you through life what that purpose is. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. God, give us our purpose in life. Help us to find our identity in you and you alone. God, I pray that you teach us as we continue on just what it means to be followers of you, to be made in your image. God, I pray that you help us love each other well, to, to talk to each other well. God, to tame our tongue. Help us to be truly hands and feet of you. God, forgive us where we've gone wrong. Forgive us where we've just spouted off and not thought about our words. God, help us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.